is coming up now on Established in the Faith. And because you are lukewarm, you will be rejected. I will spew you out of my mouth. James, what has that got to do with the message today? Your spiritual temperature is determined by the leadership that you place yourself under. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me, please, to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 20. We're going to look at one verse today, verse 42. And Jonathan said to David, Go in peace. For as much as we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord be between me and thee, and between my seed and thy seed forever. And he arose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. And I want to use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, Jonathan's choice. Jonathan's choice. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you today for this privilege that we have to be able to stand before the people and to minister your word. Lord, I pray that you'll help me to rightly divide this word of truth. Anoint me today, Lord, that needs will be met. People will be drawn closer to you. We're careful to give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. In this 20th chapter of 1 Samuel, we see where Jonathan finally realizes that Saul is not going to do right by David. He's got it in for David, and Saul is simply not going to change. And here is Jonathan caught between his father Saul and his best friend David. Who to choose? On one hand, his father, he's been with him all his life. His own flesh and blood kin. Sitting upon the throne of Israel. If things go as they should, Jonathan will one day secede to the throne of Israel and be king. On the other hand, his best friend David... They were almost like brothers. They made a covenant between themselves. What belongs to me belongs to you. What belongs to you belongs to me. It was a covenant that extended down to their children. And as you look at this covenant there in the very beginning when it was made, David was a peasant shepherd boy. He had nothing. Absolutely nothing. And it looks like that David is getting the best of the trade. Oh, but Jonathan saw something in David. 
There was an anointing there that was placed there by the Holy Spirit of God. The Spirit of God was upon David's life. Jonathan saw that. He recognized it. He knew that somewhere down the road that one day David would be the one that would occupy that throne. And Jonathan is caught in the middle. Two leaders. His father Saul. Or his best friend David. Who to choose? That is the question. It is a question that millions of Christians have had to answer down through the many centuries right on up to you and I today. Oh, let me tell you this morning, there are a lot of denominational churches. There are a lot of non-denominational churches for which one can go to and attend. There are many preachers all across this country. There are preachers all over radio, television, the internet. There's all kind of materials out there that has been printed up for you to select and read and get your spiritual growth from. Who to choose? Who to listen to? Who to follow? No matter who it is, no matter what denomination it is, it all falls under one or two categories. You're either going to follow Saul's ministry... Or you're going to follow after David's ministry, one or the other. Who will it be? Who will you choose? Saul's ministry. Saul was the people's choice. You can read about it there in the 8th chapter of 1 Samuel. The people's choice. They wanted a king before the time. They wanted to be like all the other nations that had a king. And God said, there's a man that can be your king now, but he's not going to be what you want. He's going to take, he's going to take, he's going to take. And God tried to warn the people that this was not the man for them. But they wanted a king anyway. And Saul was the end result. The people's choice. I wonder today how many churches have a pastor that was the people's choice. How many preachers are there because of the people's choice? They're preaching today because it was mama's choice, not God's choice. Some of you listening to me, you ain't had a, a pastor there in your church for months, for years. One church the other day, they had a business meeting, had a falling out because this group over here wanted the preacher and that group didn't want the preacher. And the, and the main problem was he was willing to marry homosexuals. That's where we are today. The people's choice. You have a choice. Who are you going to follow? Who are you going to listen to? Where are you going to get your spiritual nourishment from? Jesus, when he addressed the seven churches in the book of Revelation, and you read what all he said to those seven churches, he listed them in a specific order. 
And when we look back in church history and we see what was what has gone on in church history, and we look back at these seven churches that Jesus talked to, you can see a striking resemblance there. Jesus, when he gave that in the book of Revelation, he was giving out the history of the church. And the very last church he spoke to was the church at Laodicea, the church age that you and I are now living in today. And he told that church, you are lukewarm. And because you are lukewarm, you will be rejected. I will spew you out of my mouth. James, what has that got to do with the message today? Let me tell you. Your spiritual temperature is determined by the leadership that you place yourself under. Did you hear what I said? Your spiritual temperature is determined by the leadership that you place yourself under. And the people wanted Saul. When you read about it in the 13th chapter, he had no confidence in the sacrifice. None whatsoever. Samuel said, you go and gather all the people and wait for Samuel to come and offer up the sacrifice. And Saul couldn't wait for Samuel. He offered up the sacrifice himself, a thing which he ought not to have done. And Samuel come on the scene and said, what have you done? To him it was just a ritual. It was just something we, we do, just going through the motions. Let's, let's offer up this sacrifice and get it out of the way so we can do other things. I wonder how many churches the sacrifice, the cross of Christ, is just window dressing. It's just a ritual. What is the cross to you? Is it just a little necklace that hangs about your neck? Is it a t-shirt? Is it something that you have dangling from your rear view mirror in your car and you look at it and you say, oh, that is the cross. The cross of Christ is something that you as a child of God needs to take up daily. You place your faith in the finished work of Christ every day. And then the Spirit of God will move and work in your heart and life and make you into what you ought to be. But Saul had no confidence in that sacrifice. Oh, in the 15th chapter, we see where Saul would not obey the Word of God. Would not adhere to this Bible that I hold in my hands. Some time ago, a survey was sent out to 10,000 preachers across different denominations. One question, one question. Do you believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God? That was the question. 82% of the Methodist preachers said no. 89% of the Episcopal preachers said no. 81% of the Presbyterian preachers said no. 
57% of the Lutheran preachers said no. One leader in a particular Pentecostal denomination said that the church today is facing problems that are not addressed in the Bible. Therefore, God has given us psychology in order to render the problem. Did you hear what I just said? Friendly, I'll be the first one to stand here and tell you, I don't know everything that is in this book, but I do know that the problem that you may have, whatever it may be, is found in this book somewhere. If you'll take the time to read it and, and develop a relationship with God, you'll find the answer for which you seek in this Bible. Don't get too happy, free will Baptist. Because in our own preacher's conference, we sit there for hours and we talk about the brain and how it works. And you never even open the Bible to see what thus saith the Lord. It's all about what Freud and Maslow and Rogers has had to say. We'll not obey the Word of God. That was Saul. In that 15th chapter... The Lord told Saul to go in and utterly destroy the Amalekites. Kill them all. Don't keep the sheep. Don't keep none of it. Destroy them all. And believe me, God had a reason for having them do what he said. There was a reason for it. Archaeologists tell us that when the God of the Old Testament gave commands for Israel to go in and kill everybody, He did future generations a great service. Because there was incest and diseases and all kind of things that was going on among the Gentile nations at that time. God did a great service when He told His people to go in and do that. But Saul would not obey the Word of God. He wanted to keep that which was good, the good sheep, the good oxen. He wanted to use that which God had condemned for the ministry. And friend, let me tell you, you cannot take that which God has condemned and try to use it to grow the church. You cannot take the music of the world out here and bring it into the church and try to grow the church. It won't work. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. It is the Spirit of God that does the drawing. And He moves through the preaching of the cross of Jesus Christ. But there's no confidence in the cross today. I heard one preacher say some time ago, we don't preach the cross because it might offend somebody. Friend, you can't even get saved unless you're preaching the cross. Oh, but that church is running over 40,000 strong. Let me tell you, there's nothing worse than a false sense of salvation. Going into a church... And feel all nice and warm and fuzzy. Where the preacher tells you to smile. It increases your face value. 
you're okay and I'm okay. Oh, you've just got a little psychological defect. No. The problem is sin. The sin nature that has to be addressed. Some of you in this place, some of you listening to me by radio right now, it's the first time you've ever heard me preach. And you say, Brother James, I ain't coming back again. Well, I can't help that. Go ahead and choose Saul if you want to. But if you come to this church, if you tune in at 9 o'clock on this radio station every Sunday morning and you hear this poor, pitiful, pathetic preacher preaching. You're going to hear me preach about what is in this Bible that I hold in my hands. You're going to hear me preach the cross of Jesus Christ. At the very last breath I breathe, it's going to be the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that is the only thing that can save man's soul. You can't take that which is out in the world and drag it into the church. God has condemned it. Try to grow the church won't work. It has to be done God's way. Let's look at David's ministry. In the 16th chapter, we see where David was called of God. God told Samuel to go to Bethlehem. Take a heifer with you. Offer up a sacrifice. Invite all the people to come to the sacrifice. Call Jesse, get all his sons there to the sacrifice. And the one to whom I tell you to anoint with oil, he is to be the future king of Israel. And all of the sons of Jesse was there other than David. David was out there tending to the sheep. And Samuel said, are all your sons here? He said, no, I got one out there tending to the sheep. Fetch him and bring him here. And here comes little David. And God said, he's the one. And Samuel took that horn of oil and poured it over David's head. And the Spirit of God came upon him from that day forward. There's nothing like the Spirit of God. There's nothing like having the Spirit of God within your heart and life. David felt it in his music. There was an anointing there in his music. The Bible said that the Spirit of God departed from Saul because he would not obey the Word of God. The Spirit of God departed from Saul and an evil spirit came upon Saul. David would go in with his harp and he'd start playing Amazing Grace and that demon spirit had to go. That demon spirit of depression has to go. You ought to try it sometime. If you're down and depressed, busted and disgusted, get you some anointed music of the Holy Ghost and start worshiping God, start praising God. Let me tell you today, if you've got Jesus Christ, you don't have a problem. Friend, you've got a solution. David, the anointing of the Holy Spirit was upon him. One day he goes out to check on his brother's. They're out on the battlefield. Here comes the giant, huge fellow, nine, twelve foot tall. Walks out and defies the armies of Israel. And David said, who in the world does he think he is? That's my God he's talking about. Before you know it, David's out there standing in front of that giant 
with a sling in his hand, throwed one stone. Let me tell you, it was not David's accuracy of shot that killed the giant. David did not have to stand up in a line of cans and try to hit the right can. It wasn't in his ability. He could have faced the other way and throwed the stone, and God the Holy Ghost would have turned that stone right around and still hit the spot because it was the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God that killed that giant. That giant, incidentally, was a type of the sin nature that every single one of us have to deal with. David addressed the sin nature, a type of Jesus Christ who would address the sin nature. Do you know a lot of preachers won't even talk about sin in the church? Brother James, don't you know if you preach like that, you're going to make folks mad and they ain't going to put money in the offering plate? I care more about your soul than I care about the money that you put in an offering plate. And then, when David come in after killing the giant, Saul hears the women talking about how Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed ten thousands. That jealousy comes up in his heart and set his eye on David from that day forward to kill him. In the 19th chapter of 1 Samuel, Jonathan tries to make amends. He tries to bring Saul and David together. Perhaps they can work things out. The situation was not in David's hands. It was all in Saul's hands. It was the jealous heart of Saul that couldn't get along with David. And in this of which I've just read to you today, Jonathan makes a decision. He decides to stay with his father because of the history. Been with his father all his life. Let me tell you, there are folks that are going to dead, cold, apostate, backslidden churches today because of past history and tradition and blood relative family kin. Oh, but at the same time, they felt of the heavenly gift. They know what the anointing of the Holy Spirit is. And they want that too. They want this over here, which they've always known, but they also want David. There's a decision that has to be made. And you can't have it both ways. You cannot have the cross of Christ and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and at the same time going to a church where they're trying to marry homosexuals. No sirree, buddy. You can't have both. You have to make a decision. There comes a time when you have to look at it and come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. But as you look at the situation and you look at Saul, well established, sitting upon the throne of Israel. You know what that is. But when you look at David, he ain't got a whole lot to offer in the natural look of things. See, David 
for the next 10 to 15 years would be hard put to find a place to lay his head at night. Living in the woods, living in caves, literally about to starve to death. It's not easy to follow after David's ministry. And Jonathan chose Saul. Jonathan went back into the city where his father was. Really, Jonathan would have been better off to have went with David. Had he went with David, his ministry would have been much more effective. At least with David, one day he could have stood beside David and been his right-hand man. But instead, he chose Saul. And he died an early death fighting the Philistines in Mount Gilboa, defending Saul. How many Christians today are going to a dead, cold church because of history and tradition that denies the Word of God, but it's all of that. They choose that, and their ministry is ineffective, and they die an early death. Jonathan's choice cost him his life. And I'm here to tell you today, the choice that you make as it regards your spiritual growth, the leadership that you choose, is extremely important. It's the difference between life and death. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.